In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. Mandy, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, DJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's good, everybody? What's good? What up? Shameless plug. Follow us on social media at The Dagger Podcast. Dion Always putting out that heat. Make sure you check it out on social media. Today, boys, we got playoff basketball. Yes. What a wild week it's been in the NBA. We're going to react to the playing games. We're going to react to the first round of the playoffs. All game ones in the book. So we're going to react to all of that today. Plus, as alluded to, we're going to be bringing you guys our all-NBA teams and our all-defensive teams. And I get the feeling we might disagree on a few things. We'll have to see. Foreshadowing. Uh, disclosure, there might not be a podcast after this episode. <laughs> this might be it. <laughs> this, is it. this is it, guys. This is it. So, it's been a ride. I mean, uh, it's been an honor it's been to an bring honor you the dagger for on a, a year and a half. Basis. And, you know... But this, this, this might be the last episode. We'll see. Yeah. I've been done with TC ever since he said he wasn't really liking sweet tea like that. So it don't really, it don't really matter to me. This, this, might be the last, this might be the last straw. So <laughs> ever looking since he said I like sweet tea, I don't know. I've been kind of funny on my guy. <laughs> looking back, I think that was really where it started to go downhill. But today might be the death nail. <laughs> so we're going to be bringing you guys all of that today. <laughs> oh, man. But first, you guys already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week. Good Hustle Award. BJ, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. Man, good Hooper. No, good Hooper of the Week's got to go to my guy, Willie Green, coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Um they started the season one and 12. Like, I thought this team was heading back to the lottery for sure. Uh, they had a ton of Zion drama. We talked about it, I think, at least a good number of times this season. But um, I don't know. They seem to be playing hard for Willie Green. Uh, he comes from the Monty Williams coaching tree. 
Um, so he's got these young guys playing hard. And uh, despite what may happen against Phoenix, I just think it's good to see New Orleans Pelicans um, trending in the right direction. All the AD drama, we know what they've been through. No Zion, don't matter. Just a good story to see the Pelicans trending upward. I cannot agree more. I mean, at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the season, pre before the season, I had them coming in last without Zion. <laughs> and uh, after the CJ McCollum trade, it all went uphill, and mostly part because of the trade and because of Willie Green. So mm-hmm. props to this team, mm-hmm. man. I I was like when we recorded last week, I was I was saying like I don't, I don't I don't know how I feel about these Pelicans. I think they're gonna actually get this to the, get into the playoffs, and they actually did. So I'm I'm for real. Props. Yeah, I mean, huge huge props to them. I mean, you could make the argument that no coach, except for, um, I forgot his name, the Rockets head coach. Silas. Um, yes, maybe Steven Silas, but Willie Green has had to deal with a lot of BS this year mm-hmm. between injuries, trades, the Zion drama. I mean, nobody's had to deal with more than Steven Silas, but like you can make a sitcom out of this two years mm-hmm. in, in Houston. But I mean, for them to overcome that and get into the playoffs from the playing games, huge dub for them. Absolutely. Unfortunately, they're rewarded to the Phoenix Suns. Um, <laughs> but I mean, still huge yeah. world dub. Good to yeah. hear more. Dion, who's who's hooping? So my hooper of the week is a guy that took a huge leap this year and showed how much he's improved last night uh, when they played the Nuggets, and that was Jordan Poole dropping thirty on them boys, nine for thirteen mm. from the field. Uh, seven for eight from the free throw line. This man went crazy in a super efficient way, starting lineup uh, and all that good stuff. So I have to give my Hooper of the Week to Jordan Poole and the Warriors for winning the game, basically. Pause. How is he not in the most improved player discussion? That's facts. Like, how did he not get a singular vote? That's yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you 100. Like, how has he not been? How has his name not been thrown around? I'm very confused. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I, I mean, mean, the Splash Brothers are no longer a duo. That's a trio. He is facts. wet. Yeah. yeah, Splash Justice League. He is wet. He is he is beyond nice. Mm-hmm. Who's the Who's the final three? Darius, Ja, and Dejounte. All deserving. Yeah, all yeah. deserving. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But still, Jordan Poole needs to get some because they're – Come on, man. Yeah, I, I didn't even hear anyone throwing his name out there. Yeah, like, like at all. Yeah. Before the season or anything. Yeah, he definitely deserves some love. He is nice. Yeah, with you 100%. I mean, the theme of this first round of games so far, game ones across the board, has been young stars arriving. Jordan Poole was one. And my Hooper of the Week is another one. Back-to-back games, Anthony Edwards is balling out. For them to take game one on the road at Memphis, huge. I mean, I talked last week of it was time for the Timberwolves to show me something. They don't have to win that Memphis series necessarily, but they got to show me something, and I'm seeing it. Anthony Edwards is a bucket. Certified. Certified. Certified bucket. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, considering – where he started the first half of his rookie year, he was not great. 
he had some highlights, but he was really inconsistent. But by the end of his second year, he looks like an all-star. He's made a huge leap. Yeah, you got to deal with him. I mean, even even at the end of his rookie season, he he was getting consideration for rookie of the year. So ever since then, I mean, he's been taking over this league. Athleticism, grit, shooting. What more can you ask from a young kid? Yeah, I mean, for – I mean, I saw everything I needed to see from Anthony Edwards when Carl Anthony Towns fouled out with eight minutes left. And the second-year player was the one to take over the game. Mm-hmm. Yes, Pat Bev had some huge plays on defense, but on offense, Anthony Edwards took that game over. Yeah. And not to mention what he did in Memphis. Anthony Edwards is here. He's not on track. He's not on his way. He's here. Mm-hmm. In a big way. The Eagle has landed. He's not the future. He is now the present. He's also the future. He's also the future, but he's also the present. So Anthony Edwards, Hooper of the Week. Also, I'll say anytime his name is mentioned, best interview in the league. Hands down. Yes. Hands down. Hands down. (laughs) Steven Adams is a close second, but Anthony Edwards, number one by far. All right. Let's let's get negative, shall we? Um, Give out some good Hooper awards. Yes. Some good hustle awards. Um, I have I have three. Hey, so from downtown, from deep. Get um, my first one. Um, I know you guys want to do this, but it should be me. My first good hustle award goes to Boston Celtics fans. Celtics fans, what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay, I understand the Celtics have one of the better home court advantages in the league. Maybe the best. Celtics players talk about it. And I understand our hatred for Kyrie Irving. I do. Okay, he did us wrong. He promised he would resign. He didn't. I get it. It's been a few years now. Okay, we boo him every time he touches the ball. But clearly, (laughs) Celtics fans yesterday were trying to get into Kyrie Irving's head. And... It worked to an extent. Clearly, he was upset with the fans. He's flipping them off. He's doing the crying thing. Clearly, he heard what was being said, but it backfired in a pretty major way. Kyrie Irving was disgusting, and I'm pretty sure it's because he heard all all of what the fans were saying. Celtics fans, I get it. We hate Kyrie Irving, but it's our job to help the team, and we are not helping the team by stirring up Kyrie Irving, okay? Stop chirping Kyrie Irving. Stop. It only makes him play better. Great players respond to that in ways we don't want. Okay? (laughs) Stop chirping Kyrie Irving. (laughs) He absolutely cooks us every time he comes to town. Stop. We have a large enough sample size. Okay? It's not a secret anymore. No. It's like three or four games in a row. Stop. I get it. I hate him too. He stomped on the logo. He promised to resign and he didn't. But guess what? You're only making him play better. Stop chirping him. <laughs> Read the writing on the wall. Shout out Kendrick Perkins, too. Yeah. Shout out Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Everybody but the Celtics players giving the Nets bulletin board material. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you think Katie's just going to let that slide? Come on. You, know, you want the Celtics that. to win, keep your mouth shut, okay? Cheer when they do well. Stop chirping Kyrie Irving. All right. Um, had to be said. Had to be said. All right. My second good hustle award goes to 
the so-called protests that we've seen in the NBA <laughs> this past week, both during Minnesota Timberwolves games. I'm not sure if that's a coincidence, but um, let's just break this down from a logic standpoint, shall we? Um, I'm going to grade these protests out of 10. And the first protest during the playing game, fourth quarter, a fan ran onto the court and attempted to glue herself to the court. Creativity, I'm going to give her a five out of 10. I can't say I've ever seen someone try and glue themselves to the floor. So that is pretty unique. So I'll give her a five out of 10 on that. Um, effectiveness, zero out of 10. Um, ma'am, do you know how glue works? <laughs> Have you ever glued something before in your life? Did you really think you were going to be on the court long enough to apply glue to your hands, press your hands against the court, and for that glue to dry? I mean, it takes a little time. Nobody still knows. Nobody knows what she was protesting. Zero out of 10 on this protest. Very poor. Yeah. No. Um, Poor technique. Terrible idea. Was unique for that. Yeah, the execution was not there. Zero out of ten. That is a terrible protest. Um, yeah, horrible. Hold off the court. The second protest happening in game one of Memphis and Minnesota. A fan came down and attempted to chain herself to the stanchion. Okay, creativity. I'll give her a four out of ten. This is a pretty um known way to protest execution slightly better than the gluing um we do actually know what she was protesting something about veganism i don't know um yeah so execution i'll give her four out of ten um but yeah i have no idea what's going on i don't know what club got together and say hey let's try to attach ourselves to the court in some way so raise awareness for these key issues um, people will see this and it will draw positive attention to our cause and will advance our cause in some way. For that idea, zero out of 10, no shot. No shot of somebody seeing that and saying, wow, she's right. She's got a point. A lunatic trying to chain herself to the basket has a point. She's right. I'm going to stop eating meat right this instant. And I saw that and I was like, I could go for some meat, ordered a burger on DoorDash. So, I mean... <laughs> It's like the Celtics. This backfired in a pretty big way. So, protesters, uh, we we might need to. I mean, standing out on the street holding a sign just uncool these days. Like, let's let let's stop trying to attach ourselves to NBA surfaces, shall we? Not efficient enough, TC. They have to go live. I I, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, not very effective. Let's think this through next time. Please. Um, probably not worth the criminal record, I'll be honest. Um, and didn't even barely delay it each game. Like, not not very effective. So for that, you got to get a good hustle award. <laughs> yeah. And I have a third good hustle award because I saw this story this week and it bothered me to all hell. So we have to go to Major League Baseball. I know, not a place we want to go. Not a place we go willingly. It's a dark place um, in terms of excitement in sports. But I saw the other day that Clayton Kershaw oh, was yeah. pitching a perfect game. No hits, no walks. Okay. They're in baseball has been around for 270 years. Okay. And you can quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's the right math. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even know. <laughs> in that time, 
There have only been 23 perfect games in Major League Baseball. And Clayton Kershaw going into the eighth inning, so only two innings left, was pitching a perfect game. And I'd only thrown 80 pitches, okay? Usually anything under 100, you're doing pretty well. Had a real shot of doing it. And what did the, what did the Dodgers do? They pull him. They uh, don't let uh, him try for the perfect game. <laughs> what are we doing? Look, I understand analytics. You have in today's day and age in pro sports, you got to bring in analytics, okay? But when you let analytics, it, there are 162 major league baseball games. If you let him go for a perfect game and you somehow lose, guess what? You got 161 <laughs> more games, okay? Yeah. Let the man, uh, let the man go for the perfect game. What are we doing? How can you pull the chain there? 80 pitches. What are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> Come on. Stop with the analytics and try to win one game in baseball. You got 161 more of them some bitches. Okay. <laughs> let Damn, the man go for the perfect Shit. game. Literally. Ooh, Dodgers. Good hustle out there. Absolutely. Well deserved. <laughs> Unbelievable. Would have been so cool too. All right. I'm done. Dion, who's hustling? All right. I can give my good hustle award to somebody that I think everybody knows about. And that is Miles Bridges and what happened to him last week after they got booted out of the play in games. Miles Bridges got ejected from the game. And as he was approaching the tunnel, Fans are heckling him and everything. And decides to take out his mouthpiece and just throw it to the crowd. Like, uh, absolute baseball pitch. That shit was going fast as fuck. And he accidentally... Yeah, 90 miles mile, 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 mile ball. <laughs> like, two feet away, he hits this 16-year-old girl. Bro, did you expect not to hit anybody? What was going through your mind? I don't understand. It is the NBA. You're televised. You think that was just going to go unnoticed? And then hits the girl right in her head. The, the poor girl was like, what just happened? What, what just hit me? So, I mean, bro, you ha- you just got to get a good hustle for that, bro. Like, just the fact that he took – he actually took the mouthpiece out of his own mouth and just straight up launched it. Just launched it to the crowd. It was just the, – the, the fans were like two feet away. It was like it was gonna hit somebody. There was no chance that it wasn't. So, and after the game, he goes, "Oh, I gotta find the little girl and say it's unacceptable." No shit, it's unacceptable. What are you gonna do now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally appreciated how Miles Bridges reacted to it. Like, I think he reacted the right yeah, way. Um, and it's good to see that he cares. But there's better ways to show that you care, Miles. Yeah. Um, clearly, you flew off the handle, and anytime you do that as a pro athlete, you're going to be in the wrong. Was that? I mean, the fan was being obnoxious, but I didn't think the fan did anything over the top either. Like he, but was he really like, didn't. The do fan anything. that was heckling. Yeah. Him. I mean, he was probably sure. I I, th- I thought he was just like waving his arms, like he was yeah. just kind of being oh, yeah, obnoxious. Absolutely. But like that's what I thought. The thing is, that he, hit, he didn't hit him. <laughs> I know. Player. I mean, that's that's who he was aiming for, though. But I mean, it didn't. Yeah. The fan didn't look like he did anything personal yeah. or out of line. It just looked yeah. like he was being it's obnoxious. Just salty. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Salty. So, I mean, yeah, definitely deserved. I mean, it's mm-hmm. good to see that you care. But let's try and keep this fan smacking. So many other options. Just slam mouthpiece. Mouthpiece chucking to a minimum. 
<laughs> so definitely deserve good, Let's good leave that to Steph Curry. <laughs> Bro, that that tantrum is an all-time tantrum. <laughs> Steph Curry yeeted the mouthpiece. That's iconic. <laughs> Got chucked for that. Uh, iconic. Uh, VJ, who take us home? Who's hustling? Whew. Uh, we got three the hard way, gentlemen. Three, Ooh, sir. Get them. From downtown. Are they, are they as epic as Paula Pad the Fried Chicken? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they still get hustled. So, you know, there might have been a play-in game, right, between the Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. Before said game, you know, my guy LaMelo Ball decides to prepare for the game as most great athletes do. You know, broccoli, ganja, leaf, oregano, Mary Bijuana, Mary Jane. My guy LaMelo is blazing it up 420 style a week early before the game. Like, bro. Only one thing is he posted it online. So there's footage of my man just just getting loose off the goose before the game. And he played terribly. (laughs) So I was like, you had to think he was under the influence while he was on the court. Lamelo, yeah. what are you doing? What's Especially when he came out and what did he go over seven to start the game? Mm-hmm. Hard to think Terrible. that wasn't a factor. What are yeah, we doing? Like literally, it was the w. only factor. <laughs> My man, and they had to walk to the arena too. Did y'all see yeah. that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was just an overall tough like... day. The, it was an overall tough day for the Hornets because <laughs> you had to walk that, to your own playing game, it, bro. The disrespect. Like, y'all couldn't have ran a bus or something? Like, what? Right. What Stay are we doing? off the weed. <laughs> Stephen A style. Oh, oh Man. my God. Second good hustle. I'm really tired of talking about this team, but they somehow seem to still be relevant. I got to give a good hustle to Wester Westbrook for his, po- for his uh, exit interview for the season. My man took no accountability at all for what happened <laughs> with the Lakers. He blamed everything on Frank Vogel. He said he was never given a fair chance. They didn't want to let Russ be Russ. And crazy thing is, Frank Vogel was the only one who wanted Westbrook to stay in the starting lineup. Like front office said, bench him. Frank Vogel said, no, I can't do that. And Westbrook just continually just blamed everybody else but himself for how the season went. So Westbrook, um, next year might be your last year in the league if you don't really get it together. And you can't blame coaches everywhere you go. Yeah, it, it, it was. It's getting on hand with him. I don't like. You can't. You're not letting Russ be Russ, bro. We saw the highlights. We saw yeah, you hitting yeah. the top of the backboard. Come on, we saw you losing the ball, dribbling with nobody. You just bringing the ball up and you dribbling on your foot, bro. Like that is nobody's fault except for your own. Thanks. Like you just Come got on. to at some point take accountability. Yeah, I mean, did you guys see the piece? I think it was the L.A. Times that came out today of an anonymous source within the Lakers. Um, probably Frank Vogel, so take it for what it's worth <laughs> talking about how he was like, okay, Frank Vogel was trying to say at the start of the year, like, okay, we have LeBron, we have Anthony Davis, we have all, you know, Rondo at the time, like, we have all these guys, anyone who gets the rebound can push the ball, and Russell Westbrook is like, nope, give me that shit, when you rebound <laughs> it, you better give it to me, and like, was just rejecting any type of adjustment that was thrown his way. So he could turn it over. So he could turn it over. I mean, so he could turn it over. yikes. Bad look. Facts. Sorry. Sorry. This last good hustle? Get him. Guys, you might ask yourself, who is this young man? But I got to give it to Mario Hazonia. 
Yes. Oh my God, bro. I forgot about this. Oh my God, bro. Oh, go, go ahead. Feel go ahead. free to chime in. But um, in. I, I will chime in. I will. Get in. My man Mario Herzonia had a quote that said he's tired of NBA. He will never be coming back. The NBA did not show him the respect he deserves. <laughs> it's all about show and not basketball. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, who are you again? He was a number one pick, or no, number five pick in the 2015 draft by the Magic and didn't do diddly squat. Like, I can't remember a single time where I said, dude, Herzonia is nice. Like, I don't even remember who this dude was. And he's got the like audacity to say. He didn't get the respect he deserved. The Magic <laughs> didn't get the respect they deserved. For big, like, you didn't show them any respect with your play. I don't get it. Like, what are you talking bro, about? Bro, the, the so things that he said. Oh, no. The things that he said, bro. He said, he's like, oh, yeah. Basketball in Europe is way more competitive. We have, like, five Lucas over there. I was like, bro, if those if you're one of those five Lucas, I, know, I already know what I need to know. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, who? <laughs> what? Mario I mean, This dude, I mean, everybody has been, like, you know, heard that buddy who's, like, you know, he gets broken up with and says, oh, it was mutual, you know, like, you know, we, you know, just came together and decided we shouldn't date anymore. When you know that they just got dumped. But this is worse right. than that. This is, like, a lot. This is just lies. This is, <laughs> oh, no, I broke up with her. It's like no, you did not. <laughs> it's like I get the I get the claiming it was mutual. Like we all know people trying to save face that way. It's okay. Like I get it. But to just straight up and lie and just say nope, I broke up with her. Like no, you did yeah, not. I'm leaving the NBA. You are not leaving jack not shit. The NBA jack, fired you. you. you Nobody suck, wants you. You suck. <laughs> you are it's terrible. Nobody wants yeah. you. You are not leaving <laughs> shit. You got fired. You to lie. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye. That is as that is as the kids would say, cap. No <laughs> shot. Cap. No shot. Are you turning down anybody from the NBA? <laughs> what? Can't fire me. I quit. Okay. <laughs> oh, All right, bro. Brother. Wow, sick flex. Right. Yeah, I damn. saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, bro, shut the. No, fuck come back, up. please. No, come back. Come Those four on, boomers man. who don't even watch the league that agree with you are totally on board with you now. Congrats. <laughs> Dang it. They don't teach the fundamentals anymore. All this <laughs> rapidy hippity hop. And... <laughs> like, bro, come on now. Did you think people would actually believe you? <laughs> they hear this comment like, you know what? He's right. The NBA is too flashy. Jesus <laughs> There's not enough action in the league. That's the problem. Come on, man. Tough. All right. With that being said, let's talk about the playing games. Um, we'll have a discussion about the playing games here in a minute in general. But in terms of what we actually saw on the court, um, this was the biggest thing to come out of the play-in games and the number one thing that people were talking about. A lot of mixed feelings on both sides. Um, and that was the T-Wolves reaction after they beat the Clippers. I mean, it was everybody in the organization from the top down. They're shooting off fireworks. <laughs> they have some confetti, I believe. Pat Bev and Anthony Edwards are up on the scores table. Like they just won the NBA title. 
Pat Bev is talking shit to anyone who will listen. <laughs> um, he's hugging his mom. He's crying <laughs> as he comes off the court. <laughs> um, so, Dion, I'm coming to you first. Did you have a problem with the T-Wool celebration of winning a play-in game? Absolutely not. I did not have not one problem with it. I thought it was, I thought it was funny at first. But then I, then I started thinking to myself, people say they like NCAA games more because there's more competitiveness. But why are we shaming these players for being happy about winning the game? That's what's missing in the NBA, I feel like, nowadays. There's not, there's not that much competitiveness when it comes to, like, being, like, emotional and stuff like that. I, I, just, think, I just think it was just, like, I thought it was actually pretty cool. I don't know about jumping on the table and all that, but the rest was fine with me. DJ, did you have a problem with the celebration by the T-Wolves? I didn't necessarily have a problem. I was just confused as to what I missed. Like, I know <laughs> the seven C making the playoffs is cool and all. And I know J.J. Reddick said, why are people making fun of them? They're showing that they care and they're showing passion. But I'm like, is this the standard? Are we die, are we getting on the scores table? Are we in tears for getting the seventh seed? No disrespect, because I get it. Like Cat's been through a lot the past two years. He watched Flip Saunders pass away, his mom, all his siblings. He's probably, you know, celebrating. Ant-Man's a young dude, but Pat Bev. I feel like Pat Bev just had a little bit of extra on his chest because it was against the Clippers, but are we really saying that the seventh seed is if you get there, you have you've done it. You know, you have <laughs> earned the right to pop off the streets of Minnesota going wild. You know what I mean? So I didn't have a problem with it. I'm just saying, is this what it has come to? Is this what the standard is now to have a celebration of this magnitude? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, if I just found out that I don't have to play the Suns in the first round, I'm probably weeping for joy, too. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say I had a problem with it, but I thought it was pretty lame. I thought it was pretty lame. Like, let's have some perspective, okay? And I agree with you. Like, Cat has been through a lot in the past two or three years. Anthony Edwards, he doesn't know any better. This is the first meaningful basketball he's played. Yeah. But Pat Bev, come on, man. You know better. Like, yes, I get you played on the Clippers and like, but for you to be going live on Instagram in the locker room talking shit and like shotgunning a beer at the press conference. Yeah. Jumping on the scores table, hugging your mom, crying. Come on, man. Let's have a little perspective. You've been in the playoffs. Like you've been around. You should know that this doesn't mean that much. Okay. It might mean a little bit to you. But, like, you're going into a playoff series. Like, you should know a little bit better and you should be trying to keep the rest of the team focused. I'll tell you what, though. I had a lot less of a problem with it after they beat the Grizzlies. Exactly. <laughs> I had a lot less of a problem with that. Like, okay, they're still for real. They're still locked in. So, I mean, it, it's hard to fault them after that. But, I mean, I hear you. People are like I – th I think they're being a little too hard on the team. Especially when you think about Minnesota hasn't was it haven't won a playoff game in like 19 years or something like that. So like, oh I I get there. It's been a minute. It's been I a get minute. it. But Pat Bev, come on, man, that was a little over the top. Yeah, like you know better. 
I mean, but I mean, Pat Bev is the captain of over the top. He lives over the top. Yeah. He hasn't come back down from over the top in his entire NBA career. So, I mean, <laughs> I get it, but it was kind of lame. All the stuff he was doing. Chill out, man. All right. With that, with that being said, are we surprised that the Cavs and the Clippers lost two games? VJ, were you surprised to see that those two teams both lost two games? I was actually shocked that the, those teams lost both games. I thought both teams had really good matchups in uh, both of their situations. And I thought they had pretty much two of the best coaches on their side, too, with Ty Lue and J.B. Bickerstaff. Um, but it just seemed like, but if for whatever reason, the Cavs had a big lead, they blew it to the Hawks. And then the Clippers had a lead, blew it to the Pelicans. So it just seemed like, you know, they either didn't want it as bad or they were not ready to play against these teams who wanted it more. But I would at least thought they would have got one of the two games that they played. I'm especially shocked for Cleveland because I thought they had a really good season. So it was weird to see them not even make it to the playoffs. Yeah, were you surprised, Dion, that they both lost two games? I'll be honest, I, I was not because I had Atlanta make it into the playoffs and I was on the fringe of saying the Pelicans. I, was, I wasn't sure about the second game. The second game with the Pelicans is also influenced by Paul George not being there. So that's kind of like, you know, they kind of got in because he was out. But I wasn't I wasn't surprised about the Hawks getting in just because of the trend of the two teams. The Hawks got hot at the end of the season. Cleveland got hurt and was on a downwards trend uh, towards the end. I know they got Jared Allen back. So I was kind of concerned before the game because they got him back. But, I mean – I have faith in Trey Young. I really like his play. Uh, uh, disclaimer: first game with the Heat was trash, but <laughs> that he played a phenomenal in the playing games, and he did. You know, he elevated his teammates, kind of like he's been doing all season because they're trash. Yeah, I mean, I I think I am surprised that both of them both lost two games. Like you have one crack at it but but, I mean when you think about it it does make sense like the Cavs riddled with injuries um yeah Paul George not allowed to play the second game so I mean I get it but it is a little surprising when you kind of zoom out and think about that which leads into the bigger question of the playing games they're kind of fun they're kind of cute right but do you think it's unfair to the seventh and eighth place teams to have to play the play-in games? Dion, do you think it's unfair to the seventh and eighth seed? Uh, to be honest, I don't think so. I kind of like the play-in tournaments. It gives, like, a little bit more excitement before the playoffs. It gives us a little taste before it starts. Uh, and I don't think it was unfair uh, in the East, at least, this year, because all the teams were close. All the teams were, like, a game or two away. So I think it was pretty even on that side. The West side was a little bit more like, you know, maybe I'm fair to the Timberwolves because they were so far ahead. But I kind of like the whole scheme of the playing games, to be honest. I mean, I'll be honest. I do feel like it was kind of unfair. I'm like, are the playing games in general unfair? I don't know. Like, look at what happened to the Clippers. Uh, They lose a close game in Minnesota. They were the eighth seed. Paul George somehow get enters COVID protocols, which was really confusing. And then their season's just over because it all comes down into one game. That does feel kind of unfair. 
of they battled all season without their stars. They, you know, paddled and paddled and paddled their little legs to keep their heads above water. And then it's just all over because it comes down to one game and Paul George enters COVID protocols. And yes, maybe the Pelicans still win even with Paul George, but it, when you think about the Clippers, what happened to them, it's hard for me to think that it isn't that what happened to them isn't unfair. It felt pretty unfair to them. Like they worked pretty hard to get to that point. And just because of some fluke kind of like injury, illness, whatever, it's just over just like that. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, Maybe. it's not something that's going to happen every year because like COVID is, is going to go away eventually. This is kind of unprecedented. Uh, so, I mean, it was a little unfair because he got into protocols, but if he wouldn't have got into protocols and the Pelicans would have won, that's, that's to me, it's just the more like the better team getting into the playoffs between the two, especially if they're not that far apart in the standings. Yeah, I mean, I hear that, but I, when, it, when I look at the Clippers, it feels kind of unfair to me. But, DJ, uh, what do you think? Is it kind of unfair that the seventh and eighth mm-hmm. place teams have to play in the play-ins? I think now it's unfair just because they first put the play-in games due to COVID stopping the season two years ago, and then they only played 72 games last season. So it was kind of a way for teams to still have a fighting chance. But I don't get the purpose of the play-in when you have a full 82-game schedule season. Like, you, you sh- your season shouldn't come down to one game, I think. Like, if you've shown that you are good enough to make it, like, case in point, I think the Cavs more than deserve to be in the playoffs. It just sucks that they got hit by injuries. But for their season to come down to, like, them playing for their lives, I don't know if that's necessarily fair. And then, like, you see some of these series are kind of lopsided where a nine seed is now in or, you know, a two is playing an eight versus a, a seven seed. Like, it's just kind of weird like that. But um, I think it kind of just screws the seven or eight seed because you, you can lose to anybody any night. A team can get hot. So I think it kind of messes up, you know, the flow of the seeding a little bit. And it just sucks to see. Like, the Clippers definitely, I think, I think they were the eighth seed at the time the play-in started. So they easily could have been in. But, yeah, I, I think it kind of – it feels kind of gimmicky. Like, now it's just to spice it up and throw some NCAA March Madness feel to it. Yeah, I totally agree with I, – I think the word you said, VJ, that sums it up perfectly is it feels gimmicky to me. It feels like I, – I don't know, especially, like, when you look at the West, there was a huge drop-off after eighth place. We're talking about teams that were hovering around 500. And then even though the Pelicans won, they were like, what, like 11 games under 500? Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like those guys, it, their season shouldn't have come down to one game. I'll, I'll point out another reason it is kind of unfair. Of Yes, the Hawks did grab that eighth seed, but they had to play two games in three days, culminating in the late game on – uh, Friday, I believe, and then they have to play the Heat on the early game Sunday. So, I mean, they had to play – they had no shot in that game. They looked – they got ran <laughs> up and down the floor. They yeah. looked tired. I mean, they, shut, they shut down Trey in the, second, in the fourth quarter before he even started. Yeah, I mean, you made the playoffs all right, but at what cost? Like, that schedule for the Hawks is brutal. I mean, that's mm-hmm. fair, but, like, they're not – they used to playing every two nights, I feel like. So – yeah, I mean, I get that, but I mean, it, it does feel a little gimmicky to me. And yes, I mean, if you don't like it, just win. I mean, I guess there's, 
you know, some truth to that argument. Like if you're worried about it, just win the game. But I mean, if there's some kind of for you know misfortune that happens to that seventh or eighth seed, you know, somebody lands on the COVID list, injuries, suddenly they're just out of the playoffs where normally they had earned a spot. That doesn't feel fair to me. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I just I'm looking at it on the other side of the spectrum where in the East they were all like tied basically. So I feel like any team on that on the playing in the playing games could have made it in. Yeah, and that, and that's what's hard is it totally depends on the situation. Like yeah. Dion's saying, there's four there's four teams that are right there, and it mm-hmm. does feel fair that they all get to play. But in the West, like I said, there's a huge drop off between eighth and ninth, and that feels kind of dumb to make them all play. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I totally see both sides because yeah, I mean it's it's very situational to me. Yeah. That's some true. situations, yeah, totally let them let them play it out other situations like i don't know it it's hard and i get what the nba is trying to do and i salute that they're trying to make the playoffs more entertaining because even if it's unfair to that team it's unfair if half your roster it's unfair to us if half of your roster is injured and you're in the first round playoffs and you just get smacked in four very uncompetitive games yeah so i don't know it's hard any type of universal rule is always going to be unfair to somebody. So mm-hmm. I might need a larger sample size of the yeah. playing games. Yeah, because I mean, we're, we're what, two years into this? Yeah. It's like we can't say like too much about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I might need one more year before yeah. I did. It just felt like every year say. somebody gets screwed over, though, by yeah. or like somebody that doesn't deserve to get in gets in or someone who deserved to be in is like at home because yeah. of it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I mean – but yeah. it's free basketball though. So yeah. I really more basketball. Yeah. It's free basketball. Yeah. More, more basketball than good basketball. <laughs> I mean that that uh LA Clippers Timberwolves game was a banger. So yeah. I, mean, I won't yeah. complain about watching that. So mm-hmm. all right, let's get to first round games. Game Ooh. ones are in the books. Yeah. Um just Saturday and Sunday, four games each day. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Absolute fire. All right, let's just talk well, – instead of just going through every single game one individually, let's just, just talk about these generally. Um, what teams are we most impressed with thus far? VJ, who are you most impressed with after one game? Mm-hmm. Clear cut for me, there's one team that really caught my eye. We talked about them a little bit. And Speaking of playing, I love what I saw from the T-Wolves. I was kind of surprised by what I saw, but I love what I saw nonetheless – um ant-man to be 20 21 years old he looks like he was born in a playoff basketball situation carl anthony towns did not play well against the clippers played uh terrific uh against the grizzlies the other night um oh Jaden mcdaniels hold on bro what? Hold on. Facts. Nice. i was like where did he come from yeah yeah, like, I don't Everybody know. Everybody forgot Davis. about D'Angelo Russell, too. Yeah. He's still there. He's still yeah. very much alive and well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't know who their coach is, Chris Finch. I'm not very familiar with him. But whatever he's doing, it's seeming to work because they seem yeah. to really respond to what he's doing. But if I had to take away anything, had to, I love what I saw from the Timberwolves. Yeah, and don't forget, that was one of the biggest knocks on Anthony Edwards coming out of college was what kind of competitor is he? Like, we know he's a chill guy. We know he's a great interviewer. Yeah, what's the motor? 
Yeah, but what what's it, is is he competitive enough for the next mm-hmm. level? The last two games should show you everything you need to know. My man is a competitor. He wants it. Yeah, it means something absolutely. to him. Absolutely. That was gonna be my series that I was gonna bring up, but I have I have two others that kind of struck me, uh, and that is the Raptors Sixers. Sixers played very well in their first game. I I mean. I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna sweep, but I think at least it's gonna end in five. Especially now that Scotty Barnes is down, that's that was tragic. I mean, yeah, have like three hundred pounds drop on your ankle. That's tough. That that ankle is done for. He is done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he was playing great that game. I think he had what fifteen, eight, and eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Raptors. Raptors got something going there, and I love it. But the Sixers are a lot to handle this year. I feel like. We got James Harden dropping 15 dimes a game, uh, MB dropping 30 and 15 a night. Then Tyree Maxey can go for 40 any night, apparently. Like, I didn't know he was like that, but that that was one of the series that I liked a lot. Uh, and then I liked how Dallas played without Luka. I thought that game was way closer than it should have been. Uh, I think that with Luka, it would have been a whole different story, but you know, it is what it is. He's missing the, tonight's game too, so I'm kind of pissed, but that's okay. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, Jazz Br- caught a break on that one. No yeah, question. Br- Brunson and what you call it, and Spencer went kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the Sixers. They looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, not not a huge game from Harden or Embiid, but I mean, yeah. they didn't need to. Tyrese Maxey is the truth. They said, "Hold up." <laughs> he said, "Hold up." This is a big three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. He said, "Hold my beer." Shots. <laughs> bro, hold my beer, bro. Like that was crazy. Yeah, made him pay for doubling. Mm-hmm. Like, the Harden, no wait, Embiid didn't even have twenty. They didn't even need it because they won. Yeah. What they won by twenty or something? Didn't even matter. It didn't matter. Yeah, I don't know what's um, going on tonight in the game. I, I didn't look into it, but oh, it's it's, it's gotten ugly. Just just yeah. now. <laughs> Sixers up like twenty three. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's it's gonna be rough for the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, but to go back to that Memphis um, Timberwolves series, I mean, this was kind of billed as like the tough nosed, you know, Memphis Grizzlies. They defend, they guard. Oh, Minnesota, they're finesse. You know, cats kind of soft. You know, all these things. And then they went into Memphis and hung a hundred and thirty one on them. But they had forty one in the first quarter cat is dunking on people like in threes yeah it was out of control the whole team is a bucket yeah they can they 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 lead the league i think shooting i think like three point shooting they like lead the league i didn't know that i had no idea no knowledge of this yeah for them to go into memphis and hang 131 on them was more than impressive more than impressive and talking smack like right yeah. back to him <laughs> like yeah Dylan Brooks, what what'd you say <laughs> yeah <laughs> on your head yeah. top <laughs> memphis got some stuff to figure out um Next. after after that and they'll probably be fine but um i got another team i was impressed with and that is the Warriors with everybody look pretty damn good <gasps> with curry coming off the bench too yeah bro. Jordan Poole, though? What just happened? Yeah, the Warriors with everybody looked pretty damn good. They are the deepest team in the field by far. Yeah. I mean, they the Nuggets are shorthanded, but they're still decent, and the Warriors smacked them. 
Yeah. Yeah. They got <laughs> I, I did not consider, based on what I'd seen the second half of the season, the Warriors championship contenders. I'm ready to do a complete 180 after one game. They could win the title. I'm not making like any bold predictions of they will, but they are good enough to win. Um, it was one game. I get it. They played amazing, but it was still one game against. I'm not one- saying they're going to beat the Suns all of a sudden, but okay. it wouldn't be a massive shock if they went to the Western Conference Finals. Fair. Is that fair? They, they don't. They don't play them until then, right? They wouldn't play the Suns until then. Um. No, I think they oh, would have them. Second, um, no, they're the third seed. Two seven plays three six. So they, they, yeah, they wouldn't play the Suns until the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. So, yeah. And based on how all the other teams look, I think I like them to go to the Western Conference Finals. If Luca continues to be hurt and the Jazz continue to play subpar, like, well, they wouldn't play them. They would play Memphis or. Uh, oh, that's right. Wolves. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean the war. My point is the Warriors look good. <laughs> we'll think we'll we'll think about what that means later. Mm-hmm. Um, but Warriors look pretty damn good. Steph, not a huge game, did not matter. And we we've crushed Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson to end the season has played pretty well. Yeah, so. yeah. He's, he's he's getting in, he's getting into gear finally after four months. Yeah, but it took a minute. It took a, it took it a took minute. A fat minute. But it took a minute. But here. he might be back. He yeah. might be back. Yeah, yeah. Warriors look damn good. I'll I'll give you another one, and I I feel bad. Maybe it's expected, but the Heat looked pretty damn good too. Trey was helpless yeah. against that defense. Bro, Dunk, if Duncan Robinson gonna do that, like go eight for nine yeah. off the bench. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. he's gonna do that every night though. I feel yeah. like he's kind of inconsistent that way. But yeah, that was that was that was quite a showing. He was not missing a fucking shot. It was pissing me off to be honest. Yeah, he was sizzling. Um, yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Depot didn't even play. (laughs) My boy was little Caesars hot and ready, bro. For real, (laughs) off the bench. People were low key kind of jumping on the Hawks bandwagon after they won back to back in the play-ins, and they hopped right back off after. I'm I'm still on. I'm still on. You're still still on. on? Okay, fair enough. It was one game. Yeah, I mean their their defense was suffocating, and. It was good to see Jimmy Butler attack, attacking the basket. He was dunking mm-hmm. on people. Good yeah. to see. Impressed with the heat. All right. Any other teams we were impressed with, or did we hit them all? I think we got them all. All right. Then let's get individual. What players stood out to us? We've talked about a few um, here and there. Uh, Dion, what's a player that stood out to you? I mean, I'm, I hate to go back there, but the Wolves-Grizzlies uh, game – uh, Anthony Edwards and John Morant stood out to me. I mean, they both dropped 30, two young stars within their first three years. I mean, they just took over the game, and it was a delight to see. I think they said it was like the first time two guys under the age of, what, 22 had 60 points combined on different teams. It was it was pretty lit. It was, it was, a, it was a great matchup, and I can't wait to have more of it. When they, did they play tonight or tomorrow? Uh, Timberwolves? Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, okay. I play tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, oh, that sucks. Well, okay, never mind. Uh, yeah. But yeah. deserves I mean, mentioning again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have more, I, but I'll let you guys go first. Yeah, I mean, I alluded to it in the intro. Kyrie Irving was spectacular. Yeah, very, very happy. Celtics got the dub, but I mean, to see a player respond 
to adversity like that. I hate Kyrie Irving's guts. I hate the way he left Boston um, and the way he, you know, continues to like stomp on the logo and get all pissed at butthurt at the fans. Like, I think it's kind of childish, but his game is disgusting. Yeah. And people talk about the difficult shots he makes, and rightfully so. I don't think there's a more a player who's more automatic with open shots either than Kyrie Irving. If he's left open, you just know for a fact it's going yeah, in. Yeah, just turn around. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, his free throws don't touch the rim. His wide open shots, you just know they're going in every time. And he made a pretty good I, – I mean, the Celtics played good defense. There weren't many possessions where I looked at the defense they played on Kyrie and was like, nope, you messed up. And yeah. it just does not matter. He enters a zone where defense is irrelevant. You can do everything right, and he will still just hit a, what, 30-foot for three? Like, it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, his game is artwork. He's an artist in that he's super weird, like mm-hmm. an artist is. You know, he's a Van Gogh. He'll cut off his own ear, and then he will paint a masterpiece. So, I mean, Kyrie Irving was disgusting last night. Hard to, hard to hate on that. EJ, who's, who stood out to you so far? Um, This is a polarizing guy in our conversation circles, but um, I love what I saw from Jason Tatum. Because um, my biggest criticism, <laughs> I can see Deion's face now. <laughs> I still love you, Deion. Um, my biggest <laughs> – Criticism of JT was that I thought he didn't know how to facilitate and pass the ball and look for others. But um, I was impressed with the eight assists I saw yesterday against Brooklyn. I think that's actually the biggest leap his game has taken this year because we all know he can score. But now he's getting other guys involved. That makes Boston very dangerous because now you have a young player who's not just looking to score. He's looking to play make, and it makes him incredibly hard to deal with. Um, 31 points, eight rebounds, or eight assists, four rebounds. But it's really, too, his willingness to play defense. I think that has made him stand out more, too. He's picking up Bruce Brown at half court for forcing turnovers. He stood toe-to-toe with KD, blocked his shot. So I think Jason Tatum, I think he's um, kind of taking – he's trying to take that next step, but he's doing it in all the ways like he didn't do before. We knew he could score, but now he's playing like an all-around game. And I was most impressed with that because – this is a young dude going toe-to-toe with KD and Kyrie. We're talking about champions, like all-time guys, and JT is going right there with them. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. totally agree. Um, and we're talking about Russell Westbrook and how his inability to accept coaching might end his career prematurely. But Jason Tatum is the opposite. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, if one of my teammates calls me out publicly and says you need to pass more, I'm saying, you know, fuck you. I'm going to do me. You know, forget this. You know, Jason Tatum took that to heart and it says, no, Marcus Smart's my guy. I trust Coach Udoka. Has he ever had a job before? No. Um, is it going well for him in this job? No. But I'm going to listen anyway, and I'm going to accept this criticism. And it was a rough for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum was not a great passer overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, there was definitely some growing pains and some turnovers early yeah. on. But, I mean, for him to come from that and from what I saw on Sunday, like you're saying, he was dishing out of those double teams extremely well, Mm -hmm. driving aggressively to the basket and then finding the open man for a dunk or a layup. I mean, he took over the game without taking a ton of shots. He picked his spots. When the offense was lacking, he attacked. He found teammates, played great defense on Kevin Durant. Um, He was phenomenal. 
Can I throw something else out there for teams I'm impressed by? The Golden State Warriors, I don't know if this is official or not, but I think they just showed us their new small ball death lineup that they used. I think it was Wiggins, Poole, Clay, Draymond, and Steph. And they had my man Jokic on the sideline, like <laughs> gasping for air. <laughs> my guy, the big sir, big honey, big sir, he was on the bench gasping for air. Yeah. So if the Warriors gonna go with that new small ball lineup, man, it's looking real scary for the Nuggets. Yeah, I want to see. Scary. I want to see if they bring it back out tonight. Yeah, me too. They yeah, play tonight. I said it last episode, and I'll say it again. Jokic is the truth, but this is a bad matchup for him and the Nuggets. I don't know how bad it was until – This, this is a bad yeah. matchup. It doesn't help that he's by himself, though. I no, mean, yeah. certainly not. He's been, he been playing not. 40 minutes a game all season, too. And, and that's exactly what I'm saying. It's a one-man show yeah. versus yeah. the deepest team in the league. <laughs> like, this is a terrible matchup for the that's Nuggets. I mean, if they played the Jazz, they might win that series, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is a nightmare matchup against a fully healthy Warriors team. Tough. It's tough. Tough. Um, yeah, Dion, who else stood out to you? Uh, I, I, I kind of mentioned him before, but Tyrese Maxey. I mean, we Baller. all said it. He's, the, he's the, the third piece of that big three. Uh, definitely not Tobias Harris, but – Tyrese Maxey can do it all. <laughs> He's playing well tonight too. He dropped thirty-eight in the first in the first round in the first game of the playoffs. So he so he kind of stood out to me in the first round. And and CP three, CP three played an Preach. amazing game against the Pelicans. Dropped thirty, and he was like the floor general that we all know. He's been consistent. Yeah, I mean, I I heard uh, Zach Lowe talking about this the other day. Uh, they were talking about who has the most to prove these playoffs. And, of course, everyone was saying James Harden, and rightfully so. But he said Chris Paul – or, no, maybe it was Tim Legler. Um, he said Chris Paul, and the more I thought about it, the more it's true. Of uh, Chris Paul has been extremely unlucky with between injuries and Scott Foster and teammates fading, you know, when he needed them. But he has no more excuses this year. He's got to get it done this year. And so for him to come out the way he did, I mean, yes, it's the Pelicans. But still, like, this is a put-up year for Chris Paul. This is his chance to change the narrative with mm-hmm. the best team in the league. He's yeah. got to get it done this year. I mean, 30, 37 and 10 is not something to, like, look gloss over. So No question. He, he's, he, he's taking this challenge, and I'm hoping that it'll pay off at the end. Yeah, I mean, if he gets it done this year, like, I think that undoes pretty much everything of, like, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't get it done this year, he's out of excuses. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I agree with Tim Legler and that he might have the most to prove in these playoffs. Seems strange to say. He's I don't know about God. most, but, like, because James Harden has a lot. He has yeah. a lot. Yeah, true. He has to show to us this, these playoffs. But I, I agree. He has something to show for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this these playoffs define his whole narrative of, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, regardless of what happens this year. But, I mean, it just completely changes the narrative around him. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of young guys, part of a big three, we mentioned Jordan Poole. He's mm-hmm. just as good as any of those guys on the Warriors any given night. That's true. He can go just as big or as Stephen Clay some nights. He's, he's here. He's not the future. He's here. He's the present. Yeah. 
in some stretches this season, he might have been the Warriors' best player. He's here. He's for real. We shouldn't be surprised to see him going off the way that he is. BJ, any other players that stood out to you? No, we covered all mine. Covered. All right. Well, then let's let's go to the other side. Um, it's only been one game, but who would we be if we didn't overreact, right? Yes. We wouldn't have. There would be no podcast if we didn't overreact. So, <laughs> what teams look like they're in trouble after one game? What teams are you hopping off and saying nope, they're done after one game? BJ, who who's in trouble? I got three teams I'm looking at, and right now, um, not just because they're playing right now. If I'm the Raptors, I feel like I'm in trouble. Um, without Scotty Barnes, this series just feel like it doesn't have the longevity I thought it would. I picked the Sixers and six, but it might be less than that. Um, and then it just seems like they have no answer for Embiid. The refs are giving the Sixers every single every single call. Um, and it just doesn't seem like they, they don't have an answer to slow down the Sixers offense. If Maxi is going to produce like this, it, it saves James Harden's energy. So I just think the Raptors have a lot that they have to work on. Um, another team, and we just talked about them. I'm afraid for the Nuggets because Steph Curry didn't even play very well against, and they still were getting smacked by 20. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad sign. Yeah. Big time. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Bro, I have I have to interject once. I'm looking Breaking. at the I'm, look, I'm looking at the uh, Toronto Philly series. Philly has attempted 28 free throws, and Toronto has attempted eight. You should when see the first what, quarter. Yeah, when DJ the says quarter. the Sixers are getting all the calls, he means all the calls. Good, I swear, Lord. bro. And B shot 12 free throws in the first quarter. So, oh my hell, let yeah. the boys play. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> Let but, the boys exactly. play. We have a breaking good hustle award to the refs in these the playoffs. Refs. Let the boys <laughs> play. So, bro, the other day during the Celtics game, I think they called 16 fouls in the first in the quarter. first quarter. That's let a the record. boys. And I mean, to be fair, they were fouling a lot. <laughs> but like, let the boys play a little bit. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. All right, Thank I apologize, but no, bre- no breaking problem. news. <laughs> um, NBA refs suck. <laughs> yeah, that's shock, a fact. I know. Terrible. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, the other team, I'll be quick, the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets, like I was saying, if Steph Curry plays horribly and you still lose by 20, that's cause for concern. But it's also like if Michael or if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are coming back, who do you lean on besides Yogi's to give you production? He can only do so much. And he's been playing that hard all year. Like, I got to feel like he's going to wear down like he did again last year. So, I'm concerned if I'm those two teams. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Yeah. I mean, th- those are my two teams. But I'll add another one. And that is the Grizzlies. I know it was one game. But I think that this series is going to be tighter than what everybody expected. And I think he's going to throw out after this after the first round, and their matchup against the second round is not going to be any easier. So I'm kind of concerned for their like long term goals. Yeah, that series is not supposed to be competitive, but nobody not at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they didn't hear that one. Yeah, Um, yeah, I totally agree. Nuggets look like they're in huge trouble. Um, I'm reserving um, judgment on the Raptors until the two games in Toronto. They could win both, but I mean, it's looking like that's, a bigger long fair. shot. But 
I'm I'm waiting for for now. You could be right, but I want to see a game in Toronto first. Um, I'll throw one more out there. I know Dion hasn't hopped off the train yet, but the Hawks looked in trouble to me. <laughs> they looked in trouble to me. Clint Capella is hurt. They could not defend the rim. Um, they they looked in trouble to me. They couldn't yeah. score. So they couldn't defend and they couldn't score. And in the NBA, that usually means you lose. Small sample size, but I'm worried about the Hawks. So then, keep it right in line. What players do you guys need to see step up? Dion, what, what's a player that needs to step up? Um, I mean, it's not a secret that Trey Young played like shit in the first game. So he needs One to step for 12. Up. Yeah. Yeah. He needs he needs to come back tomorrow and blow the brakes out of the heat if he, he has to he has to show me something tomorrow. Otherwise there's no shot. Uh, even if they lose, I just need him to show up because he didn't in the first game. So that, that's the first yeah. one for me. Um yeah, I mean I'll throw one out there. And it seems silly to mention him because I know he is going to step up, but Kevin Durant needs to play a little bit better. I mean, nine for 24, yep. six turnovers, six turnovers. Come the Celtics on, definitely came out with a game plan to defend him. Oh, and yeah. some of his shots, like, he kind of got, like, lucky bounces on, too. Like, he he needs to play a little bit better. He's going to be my second one. I mean, as, he hasn't played, like, stellar in, in quite a long time, I feel like, uh, in, the, in the past couple of weeks I'm talking about. Because he played, he played well the rest of the season, but he needs he needs to step up in the second game for sure. Yeah, and I have no doubt at some point in this series well, he's probably going to yeah. go for fifty. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just the nature of the beast for the Nets is I think they need Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to go off to win. I don't think one of them is enough because Kyrie Irving did everything he could possibly do—an extremely efficient thirty-eight against really good defense—and it still wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them have to go off to win win this series against the Celtics. To yeah. win a game against the Celtics, I think it takes 30 from both of them. And we didn't get that from Kevin Durant yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw another one out there for you guys. Actually, two. And that's from the Grizzlies. And that's Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. Steven Adams was a non-factor. Oh, my goodness. Steven Adams was absolutely a non-factor in that I first game. that man on the bench. It was kind of embarrassing. He was getting yeah. big. He looked like a rookie. He, he couldn't guard Cat. He had done yeah, He got babied by Cat. It, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They so had to weird to hear. Lineup because it was so bad. And it's hard. It's heartbreaking to hear because he's such a good guy. Don't even. Yeah, don't even sound real. Cat, right. baby, Steven Adams, like, in what in what universe? Exactly. It ain't so. <laughs> My heart breaks. <laughs> I mean, that 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 dunk on yeah. by Cat on Jared Jackson was gross. They had Jared Jackson was so afraid of Cat, he wouldn't even push Cat after he got dunked on by him. He had to yeah. push the other guy. Yeah. Um, he was mad, so he pushed so mad. Bad. That was bad. It, it was it was bad. It was bad. It was it bad. Was bad. Mm-hmm. It was bad. <laughs> I I also have another one from the Bucks, and that is Chris Middleton. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, you, you want to take it? You go. You go ahead. You go ahead. Alley, you bit. Thank you off the backboard, man. Right. Chris Middleton was booty yesterday. I was almost through the Roku remote at the TV and shattered the screen. Seven turnovers, bro? What are you doing? I I was I could not have been more like displeased with his play yesterday. Like, and I know people get on Chris Middleton's case, but this is exactly why. He has games like this 
Yeah. Like against the Bulls, like without some of their best defenders and you go seven turnovers, unacceptable. I think he he knows he has to play better too. Um and like 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 TC said, KD, um, he gotta respond to Boston's physicality. Like I'm not gonna use the word punk like some ESPN analysts I know, but you, you can't let them out physically like that. Like they look KD looked uncomfortable, I would say. Like I've never seen him look uncomfortable like that, and he you, he usually responds. But nine for 24, 23 points—that's just not Kevin Durant like things. Yeah. He knows he has to step up because yeah. if, it, if he has a C minus game, the Celtics lose that game probably. He had an F like F like worthy game. So those two guys in particular, and Dinwiddie for the Mavs. Let me—I want to see something. Well, Luca yeah. down. I want to see something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um. I'll throw one in quotation marks, one more out there. Um, the Bulls big three yesterday. Thank you. I was gonna go there next. Yeah. Um I was shocked the Bulls were even in that game to begin with. Especially when you think about how bad the Bulls big three played of DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and uh Vucevic. Yeah. Um I mean you 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 yeah. look at the totals of 18 and 18 for DeRozan and Levine and 24 for Vucevic. It doesn't look that bad. But I mean they went a combined 21 for 71. They took 71 shots between them and only hit 20. Tough. Yeah. The Bucks are not, as a team, are not a defensive juggernaut either. They're kind of middle of the pack defensively. They're the best offensive team. They're going to score on you, but you have to respond and score back. I mean, for you guys to shoot barely over 30%. 29.5, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just not going <laughs> to get it done. That's yeah, just not going to get it done. Yeah. Especially when you think about how efficient DeMar DeRozan is normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys got to play better. There's just – and the Bucks had an off game too. Yeah, you're blessed that you were yeah. even in that game. And if you play better, you win that game straight up. And totally been a blowout in the first place, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you 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 play better, you take momentum, and that's a different series. I was very surprised about how the Bucks guarded the three point line, though, because it's been a problem the whole year. They were the, they are the worst team at guarding the three, and they they held Levine and Vuk with four for twenty. They it also. Sidebar, in what fucking world is Vucevic shooting 10 threes? 10 threes. I saw that and in the box court. I was confused. He is, the, he is the last person on that team that should shoot 27 shots. There's no way. He thought his I mean, name was Nikola Stojakovic. Yeah. Boy, if you don't yeah. get on the block. Like, if you don't get on that block, <laughs> that's, uh, exactly. But, yeah, I was going to go there next. The Rosen and Levine need to show some more. I mean, it was no, it was no, no secret they were going to be a great regular season team, but there were there were concerns going into the playoffs, and these are the concerns that we were worried about. Six for twenty, six for twenty five, six for nineteen. I mean, this is just not them, and they need to show up. I know it's their first se- their first postseason together, so that I mean, but you got you still got to show some. Yeah, that game yesterday for the Bulls was a huge missed opportunity because you just know the Bucks are thinking, man, we're lucky. We played yeah. terrible and still oh, got the dub. We're going to blow these guys out next game. Absolutely played terrible. So, missed opportunity. You, I, that felt like a game the Bulls had to have. Mm-hmm. It's only one game, but for the Bucks to play that bad and for you not to take advantage. That's, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Tough. Tough. Absolutely. All right. Oh, 
last last thing about the playoffs before we move on to um, our all NBA teams. Um, really quick, if you were going to change one of your predictions, what would it be based on the game ones we saw? BJ, if you could change one of your predictions, which one would it be? I wouldn't change a damn thing. Mm-hmm. I like where I'm sitting with every pick right now. Only damn. thing I would change Great. is the Raptors losing in a, in one less game. I think the Sixers might make it even that much quicker. That's the only thing I would change. Yeah. I'm not feeling great about my Raptors instead. <laughs> but I mean, that's also the benefit of watching you. game two in the background. So, but <laughs> with only game one, um, I'd probably say Grizzlies in five. I'm not feeling great about that. Dion? Yeah, I, 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 would, I, would, I was, that was the only one that I was going to change. I think the Grizzlies, I don't I forgot what I put. I forgot if I put three, four, five, but I would put one more game for the Grizzlies to win it. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota took a game on the road, and if Target Center is anything like it was for the playing game, they could have some real home field, home court advantage. Yeah. Target Center was rocking. It was good to see. Yeah. So that that's I think that's going to be a series. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, to your corners. Let's talk about our all NBA teams. <laughs> Let's keep it somewhat civil. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> this is where it ends. This is where the podcast. I ain't even in this one. <laughs> this is where the podcast. I'm an innocent bystander. All right, uh, VJ, you are referee. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess it's usually tradition for me to start. So first of all, I got some shit to say about how the NBA handles all NBA teams. This is the yeah. stupidest shit in the world. Okay, well, I've done some research on this. And from what I understand, I mean, you need a doctorate degree to understand everything that goes into this makes no sense to me. But from what I understand, the way the criteria for how the all NBA team is decided is for a team, whether first, second or third, you have two guards, two forwards and one center. Okay, that's the way it's set up. First of all, I'm gonna stop you right there. That's dumb. We live in an era of positionless basketball. Okay that it's outdated get rid of that but the issue obviously comes up this year of you have two centers who are two of the top three players in the league so how does the nba choose to address this oh we'll just give them eligibility as forwards even though neither of them has played a single minute as a forward they have played 100 percent of their minutes as a center under your designation so now they run the risk of getting their votes split the way jason tatum did last year and not making it or dropping down because their votes are being split between two positions makes no sense nba please fix this this is terrible the way this system is set up get rid of positions you have five players that's the nba all first team this team doesn't actually go play anywhere so you don't need five positions okay get this fixed terrible but with that being said, we're, the way we're trying to do this is we're doing a front court and a back court. We have three front court players, two back court players, the way it should be. Because it's our show, and we can do what we want. So that's what we're doing. This is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. Let's get it. This is the, this is the United <laughs> States of the dagger, and that's how Woo! we're doing it. Let's go. I pledge allegiance to the dagger. All right. I'm geek. So my – with that being said, my all-NBA first team – Drum roll, please. Watch what you say. 
I ain't watching shit. Watch what you say. <laughs> I haven't even said anything yet. We're oh, starting with this. Ding, 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 ding. From your text, I already know that I'm going to have some problems. All right. Without further ado, my NBA first all first all NBA team at the guards. I have Luka Doncic and Devin Booker. I know putting Devin Booker in there is going to piss some people off. Deal with it. it. Devin Booker has been disgusting this year. And the fact that Chris Paul is really good shouldn't fault D book. Um, since we're doing it in this front court way, I do have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. Um, oh. Those are clearly, I mean, in my opinion, those are probably the top three players in the league this year. And it's unfortunate for a guy I'll mention in a second. If it's a, two guard, two forward, one center type of lineup. I think I put him in there, but clearly those three guys are all very deserving to be NBA, all the most deserving to be all NBA first team. Okay. And if it's done in this format, that's the way it should be, which is unfortunate for my all NBA second team, which is the guards, John Morant and Trey Young. Trey Young might piss some people off, but one of the criteria I feel like in an all NBA team, some people think about it as like, this is a ranking, a tier system of the NBA players. And it's not, it's who has been the best players this season. And I think a large part of that is longevity playing. How many games have you played? I think is a big part of that. And yes, I hear you. Steph Curry is still great. But Trey Young has just played way more games. And uh, so I think that should give Trey Young an edge. Um, my my forwards or my front court, um, I have Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is deserving of being all NBA first team. But if we're doing it in this format, you can't put him ahead of Giannis, Jokic, and um, – Embiid definitely took a huge step forward this year for all the reasons we talked about um but can't put him ahead of the, those guys as much as I'd like to and third team I have as alluded to I have Steph Curry Chris Paul I have LeBron Jimmy Butler and Cat. the fifth spot I really struggled with I saw some people put Pascal Siakam I don't know about Siakam I saw some people put um, Andrew Wiggins. I saw like that. Andrew that, Wiggins? What I, I, you. that last forward position is kind that of up in the air. <laughs> I think you could make an argument for Jalen Brown to get that last spot. Um, but I'll I'll give it well, to I'm Jimmy leaving, Butler. It's, I said you could make an argument. Chill out. Um, <laughs> I didn't even put him in there. I said you could make an argument. But even though offensively he hasn't been as great, I'll give the nod to Jimmy Butler because of how good the Heat have been. So, and then I put Cat. Um, like I said, I put a decent amount of emphasis on health. Of like, if you've played more games, I feel like that should elevate you a little bit. And if there's any type of like tie, I feel like it should go to the guy who played more games. That's just me. Um, yeah. Those are my tier lists. That's my um, all NBA teams. Uh, Dion, thoughts? I'm not too mad about it. Wow. 
this is a breakthrough. No, mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know because I thought from the way you were talking, you were about you were about to put Jason Tatum in the first team. So let, yeah, and what that was, was saying, that was go- that was going to irk me a lot. <laughs> so the way it's set up is stupid because I don't think Jokic or Embiid are a forward. I just don't think they are. And you can throw in that eligibility, but they've played 100% of their minutes at center this year. And so, I mean, it seems stupid, but the way the NBA has set it up would have to mean that one of them is first team and one of them is second team. I agree with my list of that is the most deserving, but if that was the case, I would put Jason Tatum in that second forward spot in NBA for all NBA first team. How? Please. What? Okay. No, 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 I'll, 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 I'll make my argument. How? Okay. If, this... if we're doing it in that format, Dion, who are you putting into that fourth slot? Who's that Demar second DeRozan. forward? Demar DeRozan. Demar DeRozan? Yes. I mean, you bust the Celtics balls for the first listen, half of listen, the year. Listen, you see listen, the Bulls' second listen, half of the year? Listen, listen. What has Jason Tatum done different this season from last year? He has the same uh, stats. Improved facilitating, same, improved same exact stats. Same exact stats. How does that improve facilitating? I mean, does the eye test count for nothing? Improved defense? Improved St- passing? I'm talking about stats. He didn't improve anything. It's the same stats. Also... What was the what was what, what was the biggest difference between the first half of the season and the second half? Their defense, right? Of which he's a large part. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm surprised you wouldn't put Kevin Durant into that spot. But I mean, he he missed is, he missed a lot of the season though. That's the only reason why did. I didn't. I didn't did. have That's him. one of the reasons I put Jason Tatum and, ahead of him. And the reason why I put Demar Derozan in is because the fact that the only reason why they they were that good it was because of him. The main reason I would say. In the I mean, first year in the Bulls, he has the second most 35-point games in the league. I, I just feel like when you look at where the Celtics ended up and you look at where the Bulls end up, I don't think that's an argument. Yeah, but, the, but. The, the, that was their defense overall that made them that good. Another thing to keep in mind with Jason Tatum, too, even with how historically good uh, Jokic was, Giannis was, Embiid was, Jason Tatum is leading the league in plus minus. And yes, I know plus minus isn't everything. I get it. Some of it is a team stat, but when Jason Tatum on, is on the floor, he's over the average for every game. He's plus eight. Okay. None of these guys we're talking about are plus seven or above. He's like plus 8.7. He does everything for the Celtics. The Celtics by the metrics are the best team in the league when Jason Tatum is on the floor. And in that, in my mind, if you're doing it in that format, I think Jason Tatum should be first team all NBA. He's oh, currently oh. top six in the NBA, la- oh, in the MVP ladder. I think there's a really strong case to be made. Like I said, the w- format, the way it should be and the way we're doing it, I can't put him ahead of Giannis and Peter Jokic. But if we're doing two forwards, one center, I think he has a really strong case to be first team all NBA. I just don't see it. He has the same stats as last year. Same stats with worse shooting. Like I said, I disagree. But and he didn't make he didn't make an all NBA team last year at all. Well, like I said, that's because of this stupid format where he yeah, gets his looks were split between guard and forward. And the Celtics were a significantly worse team than they were this year. But so go ahead and give me your list then. I mean, it's kind of almost the same as yours, but I'll give it. Uh Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, guard for the first team. I mean, Luka has been 
All-NBA first team for the past three years for the, with the same stats, and they played better this year uh, overall as a team. <clears throat> and then I have Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic, three NBA, three NBA MVP uh, finalists. Uh, there's no way that you don't put them on this on the first team. Uh, second team, I have Trey and Ja. The same exact reason you said, TC, for Trey, consistency. He's the only one that's been consistent on that team. He's been undercover with it. And the rest of the team didn't step up. And he's the only one that literally got him where they are right now. Because John Collins didn't step up. Clint didn't step up. And Bogdanovich didn't step up. So the only reason why they any good is because of him. Uh, then I have DeMar DeRozan, uh, Jason Tatum, and LeBron James. I think that the season that LeBron James had cannot be uh, overlooked. I just don't, I just don't see how you don't put him in the second team because he'd been dropping 30 points a night, eight rebounds, six assists. The stats are there. The wins are not, but it's really not his fault. It's the, kind of the same reason why I put Trey in here. He's been consistent all year, and he played more games than Kevin Durant. Um, then on the third team, I have Steph. He didn't play a lot, um, but he, he when he played, he played pretty phenomenal. He broke the NBA three-point record, and that's why I have, to have him on this list. Uh, then I have Chris Paul, NBA assist leader uh, on the best team in the league. Uh, and when he plays, it's just like a whole different ballgame. He gives them so much more versatility as a whole. Then I have KD, and then I have Jimmy Butler and Cat. Kind of like you to see. After all that, we both have Jason Tatum, NBA second team. Yeah, the problem, the problem I had is that you were going to put him in the first. Like I said, I I agree that it should be Giannis, Jokic. I mean, I, I already said my piece on that. But like I said, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, the most deserving. But with the NBA's weird format, if there have to be two forwards, I give Jason Tatum all NBA first team. But anyway, BJ. Hit, hit us with your team. Uh, first team All-NBA, my guards are pretty much the same as you guys. Um, Luca and D-Book. I don't really see how there could be any argument against D-Book being yeah, on the first team. I, don't <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, best, player on the, best player in the best team in the league. How can you argue? Yeah, like, I'll, I'll like, entertain John Morant. Yeah, I, just I'll, like, I'll hear that yeah. out. Yeah, but I but give it to D-Book. What, what I don't understand is how people put him on the third team. There's some list. No way. Yeah, no way. I was like, bro, what are y'all? Did you see him when Chris Paul was out? Get out of here with that. Sons didn't miss a beat. Um, My front court, guys, I have Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Again, like we've been saying constantly, the the rules are strange. We argued about it during All-Star when we picked our All-Star teams, too. Like, I don't know who plays what anymore just because, like, some nights LeBron played center. Some nights Jokic yeah. runs the point. Like, it, it it doesn't even matter. So, pretty pointless. But that's my first team. Second team All-NBA, I had Kevin Durant, um, DeMar DeRozan. I had Tatum as my second team. Then I, I ended up putting Steph Curry on my second team. And then I had John Morant as well uh, for my second team. Then my third team, it gets a little bit frisky. I thought – um, he did play 56 games, which is kind of why I was iffy. But I thought Bam out of bio was really good for Miami this year. And, I mean, like, when he was out, they did struggle. He came back. You saw the difference. 
Um, LeBron, third team All NBA. He did average thirty. I mean, the Lakers were boo boo, but LeBron was, you know, a pretty impactful player. Didn't equate the wins, but LeBron was still doing his thing. And I think Cat, you have to put him in there somewhere. I think an All NBA. Um, he did take a huge leap forward. Uh, he, as an offensive player, as a center, he's pretty unique, honestly. So I thought he had a good season. And then to round it out as my guards, I got CP3 and Trey. Like CP3, like there's not enough you can say about him as a 36, 37-year-old point guard still getting it done. And then you got Trey Young, who's just – I think he led the league in total assists and total points. And, like, not – so he didn't win scoring title, but he basically scored the most points in the league this year and dropped the most assists. So, got to reward that. Yeah. He played yeah the no question. Everybody, I think. I do think it's a little interesting. I don't even necessarily disagree, but including Bam but leaving Jimmy Butler out seems counterintuitive, but I don't hate it. I don't at all. I was actually, like, deciding between them two. I think that the best team in the East has to have one player in mm-hmm. – and yeah, it seems I mean, weird to just leave them completely out. Yeah. But like, but when you think about the either of them individually, it's just kind of like, eh. You know, like as players, both really good players, but in terms of the years they put together, like, eh, but it also felt weird to just leave them out. You know, it's, like I said that NBA third team slot I struggled with, like that third yeah, yeah, front yeah. court player. Yeah. It, it doesn't slim. help. It doesn't help there was a lot of players out this year that we yeah. didn't account for. I mean, yeah. PG, AD, Kawhi. This yep. is just three names that were at least first or second team. So Yeah, imagine throwing Damian Lillard into the Dame, ball. yeah. yeah. Like, that, and no, we, none of us mentioned Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we, you know, he had a good season, but it wasn't as good as some of these other guys. Yeah. I mean, exactly. he's a guard. And guard, there's yeah, a the lot guards, of guards. guard is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I said, it should just be the top five players. Screw positions. Yeah. Just give me your best fifteen players, but it divided into three tiers. And I mean, even like just dividing it. I mean, we zoomed it out and just said, okay, front court, back court, and even that feels kind of dumb. Yeah, like, yeah, it's hard. Just yeah. the top fifteen guys. Yeah, yeah. I would probably, <laughs> I would throw Donovan Mitchell in front of Jimmy Butler probably. Like, but Jimmy Butler plays front court. So, yeah. I'd agree I mean, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of odd. All right. Let's do our defensive teams really quick. Ooh. Um, here are our NBA. Here's my all NBA first team. Okay. I have Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. I have Matisse Thibel, Mikhail Bridges. I have Giannis first team. Um, and I have Rudy Gobert still first team. Um, the voting for the all defensive player. Huh? Did you, say, did you say five or are you missing one? That's five. Smart, Matisse Thibel, Mikhail Bridges, Giannis, and Rudy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like Giannis got a little disrespected in the voting for a defensive the player of the year. I would have liked yeah. to see him get a few more votes. I am totally okay with Marcus Smart winning defense player of the year. I, that's who I thought was going to win it, but I thought Giannis got a little disrespected. I'd like to see him get a few more votes. Whoever voted for Al Horford, get get out of here, man. Have you watched the Celtics play? He's not even a top one five. of his game in his whole career. He, he's he's an underrated defender, but he's not a top five defender on his own team. What are you talking about? Somebody gave him a second place vote for defensive player of the year. No shot. <laughs> uh, much. 
<laughs> my second team. Um, I struggled with this a little bit, but I have Drew Holiday. I have DeJounte Murray. I have Draymond Green. Missed a lot of games, I know, but I feel like he should still be thrown in there. I have Jaron Jackson Jr., and I have the Time Lord on the second team, rounding it out. All right. Wait, uh, repeat that team? Repeat that team? Drew, DeJounte Murray, Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Time Lord. Damn. Okay. Dion, what, what are your teams? Completely different. We have some similarities, but I have Marcus Smart first team, uh, Mikel Bridges, Giannis, uh, Rudy Gobert, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. has to be first team to me. Most blocks in the league and top, one of the top five steal, in steals or something like that. Um, he has to be first team. Uh, second team, I have Drew Holiday and Matisse Thibault. Then I have Fred Van Vliet. Then I have Robert Williams and Bam Adebayo. The numbers for Fred Van Vliet, like the defensive metrics are actually like unbelievable. If you yeah. look at them, it's really yeah. strange, like his defensive numbers. Like you would not think somebody 5'11 is exactly. that good on defense. It's kind of crazy. He got clients. He's not just good on offense. He, t- he took a leap on offense. Yeah. Also on defense. That's why they won three years ago. That's why they were able to win a championship. I realized I just made a mistake. I meant to put Bam somewhere, and I did. I was about to say. That's why I was like, "Wow." <laughs> when, yeah, when take, take out Draymond. <laughs> Dray- Draymond is out. Bam. Bam <laughs> you putting Draymond over Bam? That's crazy. Yeah, I meant to put him somewhere, and somehow he got lost in the mix. So <laughs> I rescind my previous list, and I include Bam on the bio on the second team. Uh, BJ, what what are your all defensive teams? Uh, my first team all defense. I have Rudy Gobert. 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 I got Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, leader in blocks for the season. I got Giannis. Um, then I have Marcus Smart, and then I have the rightful defensive player of the year, Mikael Bridges, to end Thank it you. out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, 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 we're not all Boston fans on this podcast. Exactly. Little objectivity. Little objectivity. Uh, my second team, all defense, I got Robert Williams, uh, Bam, Draymond, Matisse, and Drew Holiday. Let me let me explain my decision to put Jaron Jackson Jr. in the second team. I wouldn't be mad if he's first team, but to me, Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't inspire the same fear that a lot of these defenders do. He does get a lot of matter. blocks. What, that that's because... what does that have to do with anything? Hey, hear me out. This is the difference between first team and second team. He's still a good defender. Inspire fear. But part of the reason he has so many blocks is because people try him so much. Like, but he gets them. Why? It doesn't, he, he doesn't matter. I mean, Cat got him. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, that was my criteria. He is still a really good defender. In my mind, I feel like you have to put Matisse Thibel first team. No. This guy is locked down. No. No. Really? No, no. love for Matisse Thibel? The one time I give a sixer some love and you guys disagree. That's the wrong time to give him love. <laughs> I think Matisse Thibel is he, he, locked he, he, down. He played a good season, but he wasn't a top five defender. I mean, I feel like he was, but so because people attempt shots against Jaron Jackson, bro, that's, 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 that argument bro. doesn't make sense to me, bro. They attempt him and he blocks them. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, acting me, like Rudy Gobert mind, doesn't get cooked by Jokic every night, bro. When do they I, play? I mean, just 
in my mind, he doesn't inspire the same fear that other defenders do. But that's okay if you put him first team. I was just thought okay. I would explain why I didn't. Okay, fair. And we're still talking about the slimness of margin. We're talking about the difference between first team and second team. I'm not saying he's a bum. He's a good defender, no question. All right, fair enough. I just think he's way better than Matisse Seibel this year, but that's okay. All right. I... I also feel like I give love to perimeter players too, because I feel like it's so much more difficult to play defense on the perimeter than it is to be a traditional rim protector. That's the thing though. Triple J. Jaron Jackson Jr. Switches a lot. Switches all the time. He does. He does. Mm -hmm. This is not Jaron Jackson Jr. Slander. He's a great player. He's a great defender. I'm just saying, I like Matisse Thibel. He's, I think he's underrated. All right. We got through that. Will there be an episode next week? We good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possibly. I, 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 hold, I, hold, I hold my ammo for, for this one. <laughs> I, I was going to say something else, but I was like, eh, it's, not I mean, get, get, it, it's not worth it. Get it's not worth it. Get it all out of your system. Oh, it's okay. All right. All right. I think we're good. We got through that. <laughs> we're all still friends. Mm-hmm. All right. Really quick. Let's go out of bounds really quick. And I want to know, would you rather I, – I heard this question. I thought about it for a good five minutes. And so I want to hear you guys' reaction to this. Would you rather be in jail for five years or in a coma for ten years? I need to hear your reasoning. Dion, instant reaction. Would you rather be in a, co- in a coma for ten years or jail for five? I have a clarifying question. Shoot. If you're in a coma – how do you come out? Are you the same person or are you like, you know, don't have the same capabilities? Um, let's say you're the same person. You just have been asleep for 10 years, essentially. So you've aged. You're not frozen in time. I'm going to prison. Beyond's <laughs> <laughs> about the streets, going straight to prison. I'm going, I'm going straight Why? to prison. What's your, what's your reasoning? I'm out in five. It's all good. <laughs> That's five years I mean, of my life. That's that, that's okay. that, that's no chump change. That's five years. Plus, okay. you, you get food. You get actual like regular food, kind of regular. You sleep. You decide what you want to do with your day. You can hoop in prison. So I'm good. Okay, VJ, are you going in a coma for ten years or prison for five? Um, I think I would rather do prison for five years than a coma. I feel like. One, you lose a lot of muscle and your body probably changes drastically. Um, then you, who knows what could have happened by the time you wake up. Things could be completely different. And those medical bills is probably going to be astronomical. Ooh. So, like, I'm all about that, saving, saving that bread. So, I didn't think of that, bro. That's crazy. You know, Thug life. Like you're going to wake up like they woke up in Inception, bro. You don't even know if this is your reality. You don't wake up like I am legend and yeah. <laughs> just keep walking around yeah. trying to figure out. Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes in the walking dead. I the more I've thought about it, maybe it's just because I have an unrealistic view of what prison would be like, but I think I would also go prison for five. I mean, you can get some reading done. All you get to do, you get to hoop, you get to That's work out all day. Bro, I'm about to be having like a, a 12 pack, bro. I know that's what I'm coming saying. Like you can, like I'm fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I'm coming out ripped. Like this food sucks, so you know I won't eat too much. You know I got time to work out. You know I have mob ties. It's lit. 
Right. I'm running away from guys <laughs> trying to hurt me. Like I'm getting all kinds of exercise. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean it depends on what kind of gang I can get in. You know, to make sure I don't end up as somebody's bitch. But <laughs> I feel like I could finesse my way around to make sure that doesn't happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Go beg this, you know, get smuggle some cigarettes in for me, you know. I'll go with it. I, I'm buying trade, set up shop, you know. And become El Padrino in five years. <laughs> Buy and sell some cigarettes, you know. Make myself valuable in some way. We'll get through. Myself you know? <laughs> <So> valuable. <laughs> we'll get through. Just like I, the I, longest yard, just <laughs> smuggling in McDonald's. Yeah, like I, I'm caretaker. I'm not pretending I'm, <laughs> you know, some kind of five star inmate. I'm half a star for sure, but I can still. I can still have value to somebody else who's tougher, who will protect me. (laughs) 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 Oh, angelic. (laughs) All right. If you guys are listening to this, no, we appreciate you. What are your all NBA teams? What are your defensive teams? Let us know. Are you picking a coma? Are you picking prison? <laughs> if somebody says coma, I want to hear your logic because I feel like there may be something I haven't thought about. Yeah, please. True. Yeah, if I you're picking a coma, I want to know why. why. Why are you picking coma? But we appreciate you guys. We really do. Super hyped for playoffs this week. We'll have a lot more action to talk about next week. So we're hyped about that. We'll catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Yo, we actually keeping it close. It's pretty crazy. Sheesh. Hey, that was long. JB has 31 points. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com.